If you brought your Bibles with you tonight, open them up. Let's go to Mark, the 16th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, the ushers have extra Bible. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand and uh, turn with us to Mark, chapter 16. Mark 16, for a few weeks now we've been on a series that we're calling Miracles Now. Miracles now. Somebody say it out loud. Miracles now. Say it again. Miracles now. In Mark 16, Jesus charged the disciples and us, we're his disciples, to go into all the world and do what? Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world. And preach, proclaim the good news, the gospel, to every creation, everybody. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Somebody say these signs. These signs signs will do what? Shall follow the twelve apostles. And then after that, it'll all cease. She'll follow Peter and Paul in the book of Acts till the church gets established. And then all that'll pass away. Uh Uh-uh. No. These signs shall follow who? Them that believe. Are there any of them that believe in these days? Well, then surely there ought to be some signs. Following them that believe. It talks about casting out devils and speaking with new tongues and people getting healed. And, and uh, verse 19, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. They're doing what he told them to do. And the Lord's working with and confirming the word. With what? Signs. With signs following. He said these signs would follow them that believe. He said go, go everywhere. Preach this good news to everybody. And these signs will follow them that believe. So he was taken up and they took off and did it. They preached the good news everywhere and the Lord showed up. And he confirmed the word of his that they were preaching. And he confirmed it with signs following. So the signs were following them that believe. The signs were following and confirming the word that they were preaching. Can you say amen? Amen. Now a sign, the word for sign, uh, sometimes the same words translated miracle. A sign and a miracle. Sometimes you see the word wonder. But it is the miraculous. It's something beyond the natural. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in things that are beyond what you can explain and understand or that you can prove with natural science? Something that you you can't find in the textbooks or see under the microscope. Hmm? Do you believe? If you are a Christian, a true Christian, I know that you do. Because in order to be a true Christian... You have to believe in the God who created the heavens and the earth with his spoken word. You have to believe 
in Jesus who was born without a heavenly father. Come on, are you listening now? You have to believe in the Jesus who really was dead physically, but has been raised from the dead by the glory of God and is now alive, sitting at the right hand of majesty in a flesh and bone body that you can touch just like this. How can you explain that? You know, you have to believe, if you're a Christian, you believe in the gospel accounts where Jesus, the ministry through him was turn the water into wine and, and he walked on the water and the sick were healed, the oppressed were delivered, the dead were raised. Do you believe these things actually happen? They are not fairy tales. You know, uh, it is sad what is going on in some so-called Christian circles these days. Uh, I saw recently some uh, guys that were talking about that they had, uh, they did believe, but they had um, gotten more education and come to understand that uh, the Bible couldn't be true and couldn't be so and and too many contradictions and how arrogant and how ignorant. Just because you don't understand something in here doesn't mean this is wrong. It just means it's something you don't understand. Come on, are y'all with me, saints? Why did it ever occur to them that maybe it's just something they don't understand? No, the Bible has to be wrong. Because they're so brilliant and amazing that they can scrutinize the Bible. And if it doesn't meet their understanding, then it has to be off and wrong and incorrect. And so it's just the work of men and there is no God. And Yeah, and the Bible says they are fools. It's the fool who says in his heart, there is no God. There is a God. The God. The God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the God who created the heavens and the earth. And he is to all those who believe on Jesus, their father. Is he your father? Are you looking forward to seeing him one day? Seated on the throne of glory. High and lifted up. Hallelujah. With the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. Oh, with all the angels and with all the millions of saints gathered around the throne, we're going to see him. I said, we're going to see him. But for now, we're walking by faith. Faith means you don't see. There's something here. I don't want to go into too much detail because I think we should go another direction. But, you know, the Bible said God is a God who hides himself. I thought he's a God who reveals himself. He is. There's another one of them contradictions. (laughs) No, it's not a contradiction. To some, he's hidden. To others, he's revealed. God could shake this planet in the next 30 minutes. And when he was done, there wouldn't be one breathing human being on the planet that didn't believe in him. That's right. <laughs> I said, Why don't he just do that? He's chosen not to. He purposely does things in a way. 
so that people can disbelieve if they want to. What are we talking about? If he did too much, there wouldn't be room for faith. Why don't he just fill up the sky in the morning and go, hey, I'm God. (laughs) He purposely doesn't do that. Now, there's coming a time. I said, there's coming a time when our Savior and Master is coming back. Hallelujah. And I mean, you're going to see him from the east to the west. And he's coming back with the saints and in clouds of glory. And every eye will see him. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. But that won't be somebody choosing to have faith in him when they didn't see and feel. What qualifies? Jesus taught parables about the the wheat and the tares, didn't he? And about separation and about children of the devil and and children of God. How is there a distinguishing? Who is determined to be the children of God and who are not? Those who believe now, though they see him not, yet believing, they rejoice. With joy unspeakable and full of glory, the scripture said. Though we, you know, will prove to us that there's a God. Not my job. Not my job. Prove to me that their miracles are real. That's not my job. At all. Prove to me that the Bible is true. Not my job. And it'd be like a little ant trying to defend a tank. This word was here before I got here. It'll be here. The Lord tears is coming after I'm gone. When heaven and earth passes away, this word will stand. Just because somebody chooses not to believe it, it ain't going to hurt the word. It's only going to hurt the doubter. They're only hurting themselves. They're only judging themselves unworthy of receiving what they could be receiving. Don't let people put you on the defensive and don't try to grope with them in intellectual arguments trying to prove that God is real. That is not something that's going to be profitable for you. Faith is a choice. People say, well, I just can't believe that. That's a lie. You can believe anything you choose to believe. Faith is a choice. People have chosen to believe all kinds of lies. In this world. But you can choose to believe this. You can choose to believe this word. You can choose to believe that God is real. Spirit is real. And miracles and signs have happened. Do happen. And will happen. Do you believe it saints? In the book of Acts. You'll see them on virtually every page, won't you? Have you read the book of Acts? You'll see, I mean, it starts off with the resurrection of the master. Is that a miracle? He was dead, now he's alive. Not just raised uh, from the dead in a mortal state. He's been changed. Never to die or be corruptible anymore. And they saw him ascend. 
from the surface of the planet, uh, went out of sight, up into glory. You believe that actually happened? On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came in, sounded like a a wind blowing through that place, and and fire was kindling and and flickering, and, and the fire set on them, and it didn't burn them up. That it's all got full of the Holy Ghost and started speaking in other tongues that they'd never learned. Do you believe it really happened? Really happened. Lame man at the gate called beautiful. They said, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He'd never taken a step in his life. He was born with some kind of defect and problem. He stood up, he ran, he jumped, he leaped. You believe it happened just like that? The place where they were praying. God shook the whole building. When the guys were in jail, the whole place was shaken. But it didn't destroy the jail. Just the chains fell off. And the doors came open. Now that's a very unique earthquake. Isn't it? (laughs) Do you believe it actually happened like that? It really happened like that. Now last time we went into this in the book of Acts, we saw signs of judgment. We saw that uh, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the the men of God and they lied to God and fell dead. There was nothing wrong with them, I guess, physically, but they just fell dead right there in the presence of the the whole church. That was a sign, the scripture said. Now, sometimes we don't like to talk about those signs, but that's a sign too. I want you to go with me over to the 13th chapter of Acts. The Bible tells us that uh, there were in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. It mentions their names. And verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. You know, uh, one of the keys to us having more of the miraculous is us doing things like this. Ministering to the Lord. Now, that's not the same as me ministering to you. Are you ministering to me? That's us ministering to him. And apparently they did it long enough to miss at least a meal or two. Hmm? Because you don't say, man, I fasted all the way from breakfast to lunch. <laughs> you have to miss at least one meal, how long does it take to miss a meal? How many hours between breakfast and lunch or between lunch and dinner? You know, they had to have done this for three, four, five, I don't know, hours to say that they had fasted. And they're ministering to the Lord this whole time. Now this is a key, friends. So many folks are so time limited and time conscious. The more time conscious you are, the more flesh limited you are. I've noticed this with myself. The times that I've gotten more in the spirit, you lose track of time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get more in the spirit, you lose track of time. And if you really do, man, a good bit of time can pass. And you can go, what? Huh? We've been here that long? We've been, I've been praying that long? 
But when you're looking at the clock every couple of minutes going, how long have I been praying now? Oh, man. You're in the flesh. Because you're just totally conscious of the natural realm. You're not in the spirit. You're totally in the flesh. And so for us to experience the miraculous on the degree that we're reading about here, we've got to become less time conscious and time sensitive. And there's so many things that go with that. Why are people so time conscious? Because natural things are the most important to them. And and there's a whole lot of people that could be here tonight or could be in other church services and they just don't have any time at all for that kind of thing because they are so busy and completely immersed in natural things. You know, even people sometimes that go to church, they will go out of a sense of religious duty, but they begrudge anything over a specific time. Now, come on, it's been an hour. You need to let us go. That's folk that are in the flesh. And preachers are clock watchers too. Somebody said, not you. Okay. Do you want me to be? How much of a clock watcher do you want me to be? You know. Do we want to stay? Where we are, or do we want to become more spiritual, more aware of the things of the Spirit? Well, it doesn't just start here in the service. The best place to develop in this is at home, where you just minister to the Lord for an hour, or two, or five. Are you listening now? Until... Somebody said, five hours? Come on now. You can watch TV for five hours. <laughs> and all that is, is waiting before the TV. <laughs> if you could wait before the TV and wait on the, wait on the TV for the show to change, or for that to change, you're waiting. If you can do that, why couldn't we wait on the Lord for that length of time? Well, you see, the flesh will hold you out if you allow it. Me, you, all of us, the flesh will hold you out. And that's why the enemy wants to keep you in the dark and just try to keep you. Oh, this is all there is. What you can see and what you can feel Perceive with you five physical senses, what you can reason that with your mind. It's not true. I said it's not true. God is spirit. Angels are spirits. You are a spirit. There is spirit reality. Everything that you feel and see came out of that realm. Everything that's made was made out of substance that is not seen. You believe heaven is real? You believe hell is real? Yes. You believe angels are real? Yes. yes, yes. But are we limited to only being aware of this natural life? Or do we read about Jesus, Paul? Do we read about prophets in the Old Testament? Individuals who were aware of spiritual things and were involved in spiritual reality. Well, it hasn't changed. People have become intellectual 
and they've just locked to their senses, but God hasn't changed. And for those who desire it and are hungering and thirsting after it and willing to make adjustments, we can come into a whole other place. We can experience the miraculous. Somebody say the miraculous. We can experience miracles and signs and wonders in these days. Miracles now. Keep reading. Verse 4. They being sent forth by the committee. (laughs) By mama and them. No, no. By the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. By the Holy Spirit. I like what one fellow said. uh, Some are sent and some just went. But how many think it's the thing is to be sent by the Holy Spirit? They being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, they departed to Seleucia. From thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle under Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer. Sorcerer. Now actually the word sorcerer is from the word magi, where we get our word magician from. And in fact, the ones that came, the wise men, the magi or magi, as you hear people call it, that's where that came from. They were oriental scientists, if you will. But in those days, everybody who considered themselves scientists included the study of the spirit. Quite a different thing from today. In fact, that was their emphasis, was the study of spiritual things. Say, that sounds strange to us, doesn't it? Somebody whose emphasis is the study of spiritual things, and they are a scientist? All true science is connected to spirit. Because all truth comes from our God, who is spirit. I'm going to touch on some things, if you can bear it tonight, that some people might not have wanted to think about or look at, but it has to do with spiritual reality. Magi are magicians. We read about them in the scriptures all the way back in the Old Testament, and here we see them in the New Testament. Magicians. Are there still any around? Now, I'm not talking about the showmen. With something up their sleeve. I'm talking about people that actually tap into spiritual reality. Ah, that don't exist. It has always existed. And it's nothing for you and I as children of God to fear. But if you deny categorically spiritual reality, then how are you going to experience miracles? I'm reading in the New Testament. I'm reading about a magician. Am I not? Elamus, the sorcerer, or again, that's the word for magion. We get our word magician. For so is his name by interpretation. He withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Well, if he's a magician, how's he trying to withstand him? With his magic. Or with his 
spiritual operation. And who's he withstanding? Who's he opposing? He picked the wrong guy. (laughs) Now see, a lot of times people don't like to think about that there could actually be some reality to sorcery or magicians. But friend, as children of God, we have absolutely nothing to fear from these folks. In fact, they are afraid of us. You'll see that as we go further. Because if anybody's able to operate in any spiritual reality, there is no greater spirit than God the Father of spirits. And some fallen spirits are no problem to the greater one. Come on, are you listening? Who is in us? So to be fearful is to be unbelieving, not understanding what the real case is. What did the Bible say with us? Resist the devil and what? He'll stand up and fight you. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. What will he do? Don't you know he wouldn't just run away if he could do anything different? But he, he can't mess with God. No. And uh, he withstood Paul, who was at that time still going by Saul. It tells us right there he was called Paul. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and set his eyes on him. On who? The sorcerer, the magician. He don't know it, but he's in trouble. He, he back-talked the wrong guy, didn't he? See, he's done this kind of stuff before because he don't know the reality of God. He thinks everybody will just fold and he's tapped into some spiritual reality. So man, he can just waltz over anybody, but he, can't, he, he opened up his mouth to the wrong individual. Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, somebody say glory to God. The Holy Spirit, he set his eyes on Elamus. Behind those eyes is the Spirit of Paul. And inside the Spirit of Paul is the Spirit who hovered over the face of the deep. The Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. Mm. And he set his eyes on him. I think the old boy knows he's in trouble right now. (laughs) Nobody's ever looked at him like that. They've always been scared of him. He set his eyes on him. He said, oh, full of subtlety and all mischief, you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease and stop to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold. The hand of the Lord is on you. And you will be blind not seeing the sun for a season. I know he was glad he said for a season. (laughs) And immediately there fell on him a mist. And he wasn't withstanding Paul anymore. A darkness. He trying to find somebody to help him get out of the room. Somebody to lead him by the hand. And the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed. (laughs) 
being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. This is the doctrine of the Lord. If you will, a showdown between a sorcerer and a man of God. And there weren't no fight to it at all. That's how it really is. I said, that's how it really is. Is there reality in the so-called occult and so-called sorcery? A whole lot of it is not. A whole lot of it is just junk and trickery and people doing all kind of stuff. But there has always been the real. I want you to go back to the book of Exodus. Exodus 7. What happened here in the New Testament reminds you of something that happened long before. Back when God sent his man to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Exodus 7. In Exodus the 7th chapter, the Lord spoke in verse 8 to Moses and Aaron and said, When Pharaoh says, speak unto you, when he speaks to you and says, show a miracle. See, in these days, I mean, it's easy for us to read about Pharaoh and read about Egypt and read about the signs and wonders, but don't look at it just as history. Try to put yourself in the throne room. This really happened. Egypt was the greatest power on the earth. And these people, every king had in his cabinet, if you will, sorcerers. It was just a common thing. I mean, it sounds strange to us now because we've become educated. But back then, everybody knew spirit was real. And he had, Pharaoh had, magi who were individuals practiced in spiritual arts. And so he wants to know if uh, Moses and Aaron says God sent them He wants a sign, a spiritual indication that this is really true. And God's going to give him one. And so he told him, take your rod, his dry, dead stick, and throw it down. It'll become a serpent, a living, moving animal. Dry stick, living, moving animal. Possible? Possible or not? See, here's where the so-called educated people go, come on now. Come on now. Impossible. How do you know what's impossible? How long have you been around? Where does matter come from? We've learned enough to know that sticks are made up of tiny particles you can't see. And snakes are made up of tiny particles you can't see. Where'd they come from? Well, whoever created them could rearrange them, I guess. It is such arrogance. And the people that think they're so smart don't realize how ignorant they are. How arrogant they're acting. Well, we know this. How do we know? Somebody wrote a book. They can be wrong. 
Yeah, but they got four degrees. I don't care if they got a thousand degrees. They can be wrong. (laughs) He threw it down. They came in before Pharaoh. And he sure enough, he said, show me a sign. And as the Lord had commanded, Aaron cast down his rod before his servants. And it became a serpent. Amazing. You believe it or not? This is very important. The Bible says it happened. This is not a figure of speech. This is not a parable. It says it happened. Well, I can't believe that. Then you're an unbeliever. I can't believe that. That's a lie. You choose not to. You can believe anything you choose to believe. Now, I want you to notice what else happened. Verse 11, Pharaoh called his wise men and sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. These are people who have learned about the reality of spirit things. And that's why... Pharaoh didn't just jump up and go, okay, y'all can go. He's seen stuff before. I mean, come on. If you saw somebody throw down a stick and it became a snake, would that get your attention? Would that? He doesn't just jump up and go, oh, God's here. He says, where's my guys? Come here. Can you do that? They said, I think we can. You believe this or not? And they threw down their staffs and they also became serpents. So here we got several serpents on the floor in the throne room. But Aaron's rod grabbed one of the other ones and swallowed him. And grabbed the other one and swallowed him. And grabbed the other one and swallowed him and every one of them. And there's just one of them left. And he reaches down and picks it up and it becomes a rod in his hand again. And they lost their sticks. (laughs) And I'm sure they're thinking, oh. (laughs) His magic is greater than ours. Who is this guy? Are spiritual things real? Or not? I know some folks don't like to hear some of these things or think about them, but I'm not reading out of somebody's uh, sci-fi book. Where am I reading? We just need to stick with the word, preacher. This is the word. That's in the Old Testament. I just got through reading out of the New. Same thing, basically. No sticks or snakes involved. But do you see it was the same thing? He was trying to withstand Paul. How was he doing it? There was something spiritual going on. But something stronger spiritual overwhelmed him. And they had to lead him away. One key in this is reverence for the Holy Spirit. Reverence. I remember uh, reading some materials and learning from some of my friends and relatives that had been in some meetings, we're talking way back now, 
there where some signs and wonders were happening. And uh, the man of God kept saying, he kept interrupting, said, now show respect. Show respect. And he would begin to say some things that some people were thinking out loud, skeptical and unbelieving. He said, uh, because uh, somebody had gotten healed and he said you keep mocking that mocking God and that that just left them can get on you that sounds strange to our ears today but he warned them he said you're better off leaving than staying in here mocking and being skeptical a reverence for the things of God sets the stage and provides an environment where the spirit of God can easily move and manifest and this is something, you know, God's been teaching us about numerous things. And even now we've been on, on the, the honor and honoring God for some weeks now. Where is it all going? Where, where is he taking us? Come on, can you see this? Is our God real? Can he move? Can he manifest himself? Yes, can amazing things happen? Can miracles manifest? Does it matter if we believe in it? If we're receptive to it? It is. It is. It does matter. Keep reading. Let's, this was not the, uh, the end of this. You got time for this this evening? Down in the 8th uh, chapter, there were some amazing things kept happening. And in the 8th chapter... Frogs came up, (laughs) came out of the river abundantly. In verse 5, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch forth your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And verse 7, and what else? And what? The magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Now that's just what you need. When frogs are covering the country, more frogs. (laughs) Were they operating by the power of God, these sorcerers, these magicians? Were they operating in some spiritual manifestation though? Well, if it wasn't God, what is it? Well, it'd have to do with the devil. Demons and evil spirits. And there's real eye-opener here, and you keep seeing it. Don't you know that it would have been a greater demonstration if they could have removed all the frogs? Wouldn't it? That would have shown they were superior. It would have shown that they're conquering Moses and Aaron and the God who sent them. But the devil can't fix anything. He can't heal anything. All he could do was what? Make it worse. Bring bring more frogs. They got frogs in the bed, frogs in the bathroom, frogs in the oven, frogs in the chariot. And so what do they do? Produce more frogs. (laughs) The devil is not healing people. Can he do some stuff? Yes, he can. 
but he can't do good. He can't heal. He can't deliver. Don't let anybody tell you that he can. He can't. Because he has no life in him. He has no light. He's full of darkness. Death. Destruction. Happened again. That's the 8th chapter and the 7th verse. Down in the 18th verse. Well verse 16. The Lord told them to stretch forth the rod. And and the dust of the land would become lice. And they did so. And lice was in the man and beast. And the dust of the land became lice. Now that's, that's awful. And so verse 18. What happened? Huh? So the magicians did so with their enchantment to bring forth lice, but they could not. Now, of course, why would you want more lice? (laughs) But that's all they can do. But I reckon the Lord's weary of their little shenanigans. He shut them down. They couldn't do it. So then they come into Pharaoh and they said, hey, this is the finger of God. We can't do this. And chapter 9, as the things kept progressing, the Lord told him in verse 8, take handful of ashes and sprinkle it toward heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. It'll become small dust in all the land of Egypt and shall be a boil breaking forth upon man and, and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. They did it. And verse 11, notice this, verse 11, what? And the magicians couldn't even come in there to try to resist Moses and Aaron because they got boils all over them. There's something that sorcerers and magicians that have delved into the spirit do. Does it even compare to the power of God? Doesn't even compare. Don't you, don't you be afraid of any kind of sorcery, witchcraft, so-called spiritual manifestation. Don't you be afraid of it. Don't you let it bother your little mind. Because it doesn't compare. With the God who created the heavens and the earth. Somebody say thank you Lord. Go with me if you would back to the book of Acts. We're talking about the spiritual. We're talking about the miraculous. And I want you to notice something, please, in the 8th chapter of Acts. Acts 8. The reason I mention some of these things is because, as I kept referring to, people have come to believe now that we have, we've become educated. And we, we've outgrown all of that superstitious stuff that people used to believe and used to think about. That's a bunch of junk. People have just become darkened in their understanding and closed themselves off to a whole realm. God is spirit. Spirit is real. Hmm? When you die, you're not going to cease to exist. It's because they plant your body in the ground. You won't be there. People act like it's, you know, spooky about cemeteries at at night and this and that. Those folk are not there. (laughs) 
Well, maybe they are. Maybe they're hanging around, haunting the place. Uh-uh. Nope. Could it be a spirit manifesting out there? It's possible. But it wouldn't be one of them. It'd be a fallen spirit. Are you listening? Maybe trying to impersonate somebody, but no. When human beings die, they leave their body, they go down, or they go up. But they don't hang around here. But you won't cease to exist. People say, will we know one another up there? Did you know them down here? You're not going to change into something else. You're going to be you. And you're going to have your mind. Your mind is part of your, your spirit being. You'll be just as much. You remember Paul talking about this. He had experiences in the spirit. And he said this on one occasion. He said whether in the body or out of the body. I couldn't tell. He couldn't tell. Because you're the same. Outside your body. As you are in your body. Well. Do you believe that spirit is real? Can miraculous things manifest from spirit into material? In the material realm, they have this book is full of it. Thing after thing after thing. You remember uh, the man of God was out with some of his students one time and the guy's axe head slipped off and it fell in the water. And he said, oh, it was borrowed. It wasn't mine. And, and he said, where'd it go? And he said, and he, he, uh, what did he do? Throw a stick in there after? And the thing comes, the iron comes swimming up off the bottom. And this is iron swam up from the bottom by itself to the top. They said, ooh, that's just, that's just spooky. That's weird. That's, it's the way it's always been. <laughs> it's always been that way. Most people are oblivious to it. And just choose not to believe. Because if it doesn't fit in with their little idea of reality, then it must not exist. (laughs) That's like little kids that cover their eyes and think you can't see them. (laughs) No. Heaven is real. God is real. Angels are real. All the people that have ever lived down here in preceding generations, they're still around. The whole family of God, the Bible said some of them are here on the earth, some of them are above the earth, some of them are in heaven. We're going to be reunited soon. Living spirits of God, the Father of spirits. I want you to see something here though about before we we get too far. In Acts 8, about what kind of person God can use in his miraculous things, in signs and wonders that are of him. We're not just hungry for the spiritual and the miraculous. We're hungry for God, his things. Because there are some things that are miraculous and spiritual. They're real, but they're not God. I want no part of them, do you? No, I'm not just hungry for something spiritual. I'm hungry for God. Well, God is spirit, though, and he does miraculous things. And we're hungry for his things, for his things. In the eighth chapter of Acts, it tells about Philip and the miraculous things happening in his life and ministry. Now, now he and some other guys started out waiting tables and 
in the ministry of helps, but they, their faith is growing all the time. And, and these, the whole church in those days just lived in the expectation of the supernatural. They started off with rushing wind and flickering flames and building shaking. So they just thought this is how it's supposed to be. Since then, the church has become educated. <laughs> Outgrown all that superstitious stuff. And become dead. And boring. <laughs> and preachers have learned how to go to school for decades. And get degrees. And Use big words and go on and on and on and on. While people go, isn't that lovely? Very interesting. And be dead and dull and boring. But have you read the book of Acts? Have you read... The book of Acts. Was it dead? Was it dull? They had services that went on for hours and hours and hours and hours. And sometimes the preacher preached all night long. But before the service was over, the dead were raised. True or not? Whole cities were shaken to their core and got saved. Amazing things happened. Are we not a part of the same church? Don't we have the same Holy Spirit? The same Jesus? The same gospel that they preached? Then I am totally convinced we don't have to have dull and dead and boring either at church or at home. We can be alive. We can be excited. We can be aware of the Spirit. The reality of God and His moving of His Holy Spirit and His holy angels and the gifts and manifestations of His Spirit. The gifts of healings and the workings of miracles and manifestation of faith. Tongues and interpretation and prophecy, revelation and words of knowledge and wisdom. Amen. And discerning of spirits. Do you believe it's all right there in the Bible? Am I quoting scripture, saints? It's all right there if you're not too educated to receive it. You already got it all made up in your mind. It's got to fit in your little box or it doesn't exist and it can't happen. Philip, he's a good waiter. He gets you tea, cuts you bread, and he was so faithful at that that God added to him. Next thing you know, he's preaching. Next thing you know, he's casting out devils, laying hands on the sick, they're getting healed. Miracles are happening. Next thing you know, he's going to cities and ain't never heard the gospel before, having citywide campaigns. Wonder if he just said no when they told him they needed somebody on the service team. On the food team. Hmm? 
You see how this works, saints? He that's faithful in the smaller things, faithful in the greater things. That's just how it works. And uh, verse 5, Acts 8, 5. Are you there? Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And what did he do? He preached. Preached. Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 7 tells us about some of the miracles that happened. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. You know other wrong spirits that people were involved with in Jesus ministry and here you see it again in a guy that was waiting tables just not long before this and, and other folks when the spirit of God is in strong manifestation these spirits can't stand it they got to get out of there why because they, they, can't, they can't do anything with the Holy Spirit except run away and they cried and, and, and people were delivered and many that were taken with palsies that's different forms of paralysis and that were lame couldn't walk, had something wrong with their legs and their limbs and their feet, and they were healed. Glory to God. And it didn't say that they all received it on their faith. This is some special things that God is doing through His minister here. Miracles that He did. Now we know He wasn't the one that act. God did it, but God's using Him to minister them. Verse 8. And there was what? Why? Because this is real, brother. This is real. That guy had lost his mind for the last 10 years, and he's sitting there just as sane as can be, shouting glory to God. Hallelujah. That guy hadn't been able to walk in the past 15 years, and he's running around, jumping, dancing, singing. I mean healings and, and deliverances. And, and there was great joy, not just in the building, in the city. In the city. There was great joy. People are saying, man, this is real. Now keep reading. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Now this is, this is a real eye-opener here. Nobody who's really operating in the power of God is making out that they are the great one. Anytime you see that, you know it's wrong. Wrong spirit. Yeah, but I, it was something real happened. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. That doesn't make it God. It was real. Well, so? Doesn't make it God because it was real. But again... Someone said, well, you know, maybe the devil could be healing. No, the devil's not healing people. We've already been over that. He could make them sicker. He could give you more frogs. <laughs> or more lice. <laughs> need some more frogs, more lice. He's your man. You need to be healed only one place. You can get that. Need to be saved only one place. Only one. Need to be delivered and set free. Full of joy and peace. Only one. Only one. 
He had used sorcery. So he had tapped into some spiritual things and bewitched the people and he had fooled people all over the place. They believed he was something great. Keep reading verse 10. To whom they all gave heed. Now this was people all through the city. From the least to the greatest. I mean the the officials in the city. The business owners. Everybody said this man is the great power of God. But he wasn't. He wasn't even saved. He didn't even know God. He just tapped into some spiritual stuff and was doing some things. That amazed the people. Verse 11, and to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with his sorceries. Keep reading. When they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Keep going. Simon himself believed. Can a sorcerer get saved? Sure can. He believed and he was baptized. And he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Because he'd never seen anything like this. This is the real deal. This, this is God. He, I mean, this is what he imagined and aspired and the kind of thing, the kind of real power that he wanted to touch, but he never had. He had toyed with some other stuff, but not this. This is God. And he follows along, and when he sees these healings and these deliverances, his eyes are big, and he's getting, oh, he's eating it up. And he's hanging with them, watching. Verse 14, it talks about Peter and John came down. Verse 15, they laid hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. Keep going. Verse 17, they laid hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost. Verse 18, when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given He offered them money. Keep going. He said, give me this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. You know, even though you're born again, your mind's still got to be renewed. If you've gone all your life believing junk and thinking messed up stuff, you can be born again, but still just be a mess. In your mind, in your head, in your thinking. He said, I want this. How much? How much? Peter said, your money perish with you. You and your money both be destroyed. Because you thought the gift of God could be bought with money. Listen to me, friends. We don't need to play or mince words when it comes to people mocking the things of God like this. I've had people say things to me about, you know, kind of making fun about money coming in and and something that uh, you could say this or do this and and, and that would cause people to want to give and that would cause money to come in and they'd kind of snicker and laugh. It ain't funny to me at all. These things are holy. And the gifts of the Spirit are holy. And you don't mock and you don't make fun of those kind of things. I know there's some people that are crooks and they're liars and swindlers and they do all kind of stuff, but that doesn't do away with the real. That doesn't do away with the real. There are times when somebody's making fun and, and actually blaspheming and you need to speak up. 
And you need to say, that ain't right. No, we don't think like that. We don't do that. And that's not right. And people need to see, was there a strong response out of Peter here? Oh, man. He didn't pat him on the hand and go, now, brother, that's not right thinking. Why? This man needs a spiritual slap. Because he has no idea what he's just said and what he's trying to do. He is so far off. He's still trying to play and think like some of the stuff he was involved in all those years. He said, your money perish with you. Now that's a strong thing to say, but it's recorded in the New Testament for us to consider. Your money perish with you. Because you thought the gift of God can be purchased with money. People try to flash money. And influence you, buy you, and try to act like they can sway you with money. You need to come back strong. I said you need to come back strong. And let them know in no uncertain terms that the anointing cannot be bought. The holy things of God cannot be bought. You can't buy a healing. You can't buy being delivered. You can't buy being forgiven. You can't buy being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not enough money in the world to touch this. And to talk like that is such an insult to God and His things and His people. Do you know what I'm talking about or not? Are there people that say things that, how can I describe it? It's just a... I guess they think everybody's as covetous as they are. And everybody thinks money's as important as they do. But uh, you need to represent the Lord. And you need to represent this church properly. People want to make fun. Just a chapter or two before this, some folks fell dead. Do you remember? Why? It was over an offering. Wasn't it? It was over an offering. It was over money. It was over lying. It was over mocking about the holy things of God. So everything that's going on, these projects, these offerings, making snide remarks, making, you know, off-color jokes, as the power gets turned up, it becomes serious. Could it happen again? What happened in the book of Acts? It can. And uh, though it's not your job to straighten everybody out, I just don't want you yuck yucking with them. Do you know what I mean by that? Laughing and carrying on and going, oh, I guess they'll make a lot of money doing that. And that's when you lose your smile. And you go, that ain't funny. They ain't doing that trying to raise money. They ain't doing that trying to do this or that. These are things of God, these are holy. And sometimes they, are, they have been experienced to people who were corrupt. And it'll be a refreshing thing for them to see that you really don't think that way. And you really don't operate that way. I could go on, but he said, your money perish with you. He said, because you thought the gift of God could be, per- could be purchased with money. Verse 21, you have neither part nor lot in this matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Now we've gone through all this to get to this place. What kind of people can be used 
in the manifestations of God's power. Spiritual miracles. Signs and wonders. Your heart has to be right. Do you see this friends? There are conditions of heart. That would disqualify one. From being used in these things at all. And this man is in this situation. Listen to the, uh, the new living in verse 20. Verse 20. Peter said, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. Keep reading. You can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. Verse 22. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he'll forgive your evil thoughts. Verse 23. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy And are held captive by sin. The God's word translation says a similar thing. I can see you are bitter with jealousy. The new King James says. I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. Do you see what's going on inside him? Before they came to town. He was the big shot. He was the big man. Everybody's scared of him. Everybody's enamored with him. From the least to the greatest, all through the city, said he was the great power of God. Now, he's a believer that just got saved. A little baby that doesn't know anything about God and needs to learn everything. That's chafing him. That's. Because when you've been the big wig. When you've been the head honcho. Hmm. And oh there's so many folks bless their hearts. They, they achieve some area of success and recognition in some area. And they come into God and into his things. And they want special treatment. They want special acknowledgement. And there is absolutely no reason for them to have any special treatment. Yeah, but they're so and so. Who is that in the kingdom? Yeah, but they did such and such. What is that in the kingdom? Are you with me, friends? And this is a problem. Because these folk, they want the anointing. They want to be up in front. They want to be seen. They want to have positions of influence. And they don't qualify for any of it. In fact, they're disqualified for such a heart. And they look at people that are used and are envious of them. And so compare. They go, well, man, I'm smarter than them. I'm a better speaker than that. I'm a this, I'm a that. Yeah, you're something else. That you're not looking at. You're like Simon. And bitterness, jealousy, and envy. He said, you have no part in this. No, in your current state of heart, you will not be used in the miraculous power of God. You will not be seeing people get delivered as you lay hands on them and pray. Because your heart is not right in the eyes of God. What, What is the condition of heart that is not right? The wanting to be seen. The wanting to be important. The wanting to be in front. And see, this is something that every one of us will have to deal with in some measure. 
There's some people that they, oh, I want to, I want to. I want to be used in the miracles. I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to be used. I, my ministry and my ministry and my ministry and my, my call and my anointing and, and my ministry. And they have ideas of self-grandeur to where they're standing in the awesome power of God. And woo! They can see it in their mind. I'm flowing. I'm in the know. I'm disqualified from being used in any of this. <laughs> the servant is not above his master. And listen to how the master speaks. I can of myself do nothing. Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Come on, did Jesus say it? I can't. What can you do, preacher? Nothing. Show me a miracle. I can't do one thing. Well, so and so, he said he's got the power. He can do it. Let him show you. What you can do is want God to be glorified. You want him to be seen. You want Jesus to be glorified. You want his word to be made known. You want people's needs to be met. And if your heart is right, you're just as happy if God used the person sitting beside you to get it done. Because it got done. That's what counts. It got done. If you're envious and bitter, well, why didn't God use me? Why didn't they call on me? That's why. That's why. Because <laughs> your heart's that way. Come on, friends, do you see this? Do you want to see the power of God? Why? Why? What is the purpose of signs and wonders? It's not so people will see how spiritual you are. And talk about how anointed you are. And what great revelation you have. No. And if that's part of you, even if you hide it from other people, if that's inside you, it's disqualifying you got to die to that. And there will be some things that God has to do in you to cause that to happen. But you, you need to let it. He'll purposely let you be in some situations where nobody notices you. And nobody notices what you do. And nothing is said. And, and your flesh will come up and you'll go, well, no, 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 no. And you go, get a realization. This is a test. This is an opportunity for me to crucify my flesh. And overcome this. Thank you, Master. Somebody say, thank you, Master. Do you really want to be seen? Why do you want people to see you? Why? You're not the Master. You didn't save anybody. You didn't heal anybody. Hmm? You didn't deliver them. The Bible said, concerning when Jesus was ministering to people and they got healed in the book of Acts when people got healed. Sometimes it says, and they glorified God. And they glorified the God of Israel. And they glorified God. And everybody that saw it turned to the Lord. And they glorified God. And they glorified God. And they glorified God. Hallelujah. The Bible said God wrought special miracles by the hands 
of Paul. Didn't say Paul wrought special miracles by God. Come on, do you see the difference? God is doing things and he can use whoever he wants. And he's going to use people whose heart is right toward him. And know the truth. Want him to be seen and known. And know that he could have used any one of another million people. Just thank God he used them. He used me. He used you. It happened. The people got saved. They got healed. They got delivered. They got filled. And God was glorified. They glorified God. Everybody stand up on your feet. Lift up your hands. Say they glorified God. They glorified God. They glorified God. Say it again. They glorified God. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Let's praise him some, saints. Let's minister to him. Let's minister to him. Lord, we minister to you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Oh, we praise you. We praise you. Come on, get your mind off of everything else. Get your mind on him and praise him. Open up your mouth. Praise him and minister to him. Oh, Lord, all the glory. All the glory. All the glory. All the glory. the glory, all 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 the glory. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.